2: one conversation that was had on the broadcast that I I thought Scott wanted to chime in on was the Lynn Holm Norris uh, conversation that Jack keeps bringing up and you know also taking shots at Eric Carlson for some reason I don't know what Eric Carlson ever did to him but
0: (laughs) but um that has been a career-long thing with Jack and Eric Carlson like we could go, we could rewind 10 years and he would be saying the same things when Carlson was winning Norris trophies with Ottawa. Like it's just, it's just baffling to me. Like he is so much of Eric Carlson's career was spent in the division and like to get an up close and personal look at how talented of a player he is and how, you know, he's producing, he produces at offensive levels, not seen by a defenseman since, Ray Bork and Paul Coffey and arguably given like the era and how you know early in his career was playing in a lower scoring era like arguably even more impressive than some of the seasons those guys had and to not have like an appreciation for that and to just constantly again for over 10 years now just like shit on Eric Carlson's defense and oh he doesn't play in the penalty kill like Jack's using that to argue that you know he he can't win the Norris because he doesn't play on San Jose's penalty kill. And, and what really got me is like, he's talking about, um, you know, if Eric Carlson's so valuable and the sharks are, you know, struggling as a team, why doesn't he kill penalties to help them win? And it's like San Jose's penalty kill is one of the only good things that team has. So like, why, why would you waste Eric Carlson on it when you can instead play him more at five on five? He has played more five on five minutes than any, anyone in the NHL this season. And the Sharks are – when he is on the ice at 5-on-5, the Sharks are a very good team. When he is not on the ice, they are one of the worst in the NHL. So, like,
2: that's – Yeah, and I feel like his argument was also, like, well, if he's so good, why is he on a team that sucks? Like if he's so good, why aren't they, you know, yeah. in first place in the division? Like
0: it's like, I don't know, look weird. at the rest of that roster.
2: <laughs> I know. It's like you could put Connor McDavid on a team full of scrubs, and yeah, they're not gonna finish first, even though they have Connor McDavid, but um dealers more... you
1: of you the last seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so so I guess the main Bruins point though is Lindholm, uh and the conversation. Conversation about is he sorry melvin's doing it again <laughs> um he's, i'll let you guys got some, pick he's, up he's got but, some
0: really strong takes on the Norris yeah, Rams. he
2: really is make, trying to make a case for lynn home right now what do you um, say carlson sucks yeah he's that's what he's chirping over here um but what do you guys think of lynn home is that kind of you know a silly conversation obviously he's a good defenseman but what you know eric carlson versus lynn home where well, do you I- see that
0: here's the thing. It's not a silly conversation. And if Jack wants to make the case for Hampus Lindholm winning the Norris, I think you can actually do it. I just don't think you have to totally shit on Eric Carlson in order to do it. Like you, you can still recognize that Eric Carlson is having a really special season. He's probably going to top hundred points, which is crazy for a defenseman. Um, you know, the case for Lindholm is like, you can it, look at his defensive impact. Because him and Carlo have been one of the arguably the best shut down defensive pairing in the NHL this season, Bruins do not get scored on when they're on the ice. Um, that's where you make the argument. Like the, the Athletic did, um, you know, it, the Athletic and ESPN do like regular awards watches like every month, and I think the Athletics' last one came out last week. And from a Bruins perspective, everyone jumped on because the way they listed is they just use a stack called like goal. It's like goal save value added or something. Basically like goals above replacement and Bruins fans jumped on Ilya Sorokin grading out ahead of Linus Allmark, even though the write-up itself said Allmark's going to win the Vezina. But I feel like what a bunch of Bruins fans didn't discuss is that it had Hampus Lindholm tied for the lead in the Norris race. in basically what was like a five-way tie with Carlson, Rasmus Staline, Brent Burns and there was some, Oh, Adam Fox were like the five who are all separated by like one point in this goal saved stat. Um So like there is a case to be made because Lindholm has been so good defensively and has also contributed 40 points, which, you know, isn't the 90 that Carlson has, but is still pretty damn impressive. Um, You know, but that just like, that wasn't the case that, jack was making he was just trying to tear down eric carlson and i you know Lindholm is not going to win the norris it will be carlson and if other guys are getting votes it's going to be adam fox who has the points and the defensive play um it'll probably be rasmus deline who has really had a spectacular you know i want to say breakout not really breakout but has really taken the next step into stardom but I think Camus Lindholm will probably finish top five, and I think there's absolutely a case that he deserves more love than that.
1: I mean, I feel like uh, I don't even know if, as good as he's been, I don't know if Lindholm would even win the award for best defenseman on the Bruins this year because I feel like McAvoy's defensive metrics are probably just as impressive, if not more. And maybe Scott, you can correct me on that, but um, but well,
2: he has more points, McAvoy. Well, so.
1: Well, he, I mean, Lindholm has one more point than McAvoy, but he's also played like ten oh. more games than McAvoy. So, yeah. that's
2: what I mean, game, points per game. Yeah, McAvoy.
1: McAvoy edges Lindholm significantly, really. And then I feel like the defensive metrics and the advanced advanced stats, McAvoy has to at least be on par with Lindholm, and you know, relatively. So I feel like, yeah. I, um, but yeah, I mean, he's there's no doubt about it. He's had a special year. Um, and he's a special player, and he's he's totally end of year awards aside. The addition of Lindholm to this Bruins team has just been I mean, words really can't describe how important it's been. Um he's 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 turned it's just there's so much deeper with him. There's so much more dynamic with him, there's so much less pressure on McAvoy and less attention on Matt it's just it's what an addition. Like seriously. So um whether or not he wins the Norris or should win the Norris, I really don't care because I think he's gonna help the Bruins win a Stanley Cup and that's all I really care about. Um there was something else I wanted to go with this, but, oh, yes. Um So I was just looking at the Bruins' next game, and they're playing the Senators, who have quickly fallen out of the playoff chase um, because they were once right in the mix, and now they've kind of fallen down. And then, right now it's kind of a three, three-way three race for the wild-card spot between Pittsburgh, the Islanders, and the Panthers. And I don't know about you guys. I really don't want to see Matthew Kachuk for seven games in the first round. Um and I just feel like the Panthers could be, like, a very spooky team to play in the first round because I feel like they've had a not a great year for their standards, but I feel like they're more formidable than the Islanders or the Penguins. I know the Penguins have Crosby and Malkin and stuff like that. I get that, but I don't think they have much more than that. Um, does, does the Panthers sneaking up on Pittsburgh scare either one of you guys?
2: Um, I mean, I do think that they're – matchup wise might cause more of an issue for the Bruins, but um, I don't see either of them as like a insurmountable like opponent that they couldn't get past. I think um, either way, Brian, what are you? <laughs> Am I the only one who's got internet working right now? Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think it's a huge deal, but it's it is scary in the way that they're turning it on at the right time so um if they're able to make themselves uh bring themselves back into the race um you know i guess they're they're not a team you can really um count out if they're playing well this time of year
0: yeah florida doesn't doesn't scare me um
2: not the yeah. way they used, to they used to be a team you'd go oh we don't we do not want to match up against them in the playoffs but
0: yeah, I don't know. I think it's been a long time since that's probably been the case. Even last <laughs> year, like they, they just weren't nearly good enough defensively, and Lightning totally exposed them. Um, I think they're even worse defensively this year, so that, yeah, you don't want to face Matthew Kachuk, and he would have the potential of landing a hard hit that hurts someone. I, I get that, but most teams are going to have someone like that, um, at least from the physicality department. And yeah, Florida could could put up some goals, but I just think they are—they're not good enough defensively, and Bruins, I, I think, would still make a pretty short series of that. The one to me that that still worries me the most is the Islanders, just because, it, looking at like the different wildcard teams, Ilya Sorokin is the one goalie who could steal a couple games, and potentially if he gets red hot, and maybe, you know, God forbid the Bruins goaltending struggles a little bit, like could potentially steal a series. And that, above anything else, were, like, take out injuries because they're very hard to predict, but in terms of, like, on ice uh, or players or teams or whatever, um, Ilya Sorokin scares me more than anyone else in, in that wildcard picture, so I would gladly take a matchup with Florida or Pittsburgh over the Islanders.
1: Yeah, I'm not really concerned about losing a series to the Panthers or... Um, it was more so just like the attrition part of it. Like, like could you see Matthew Kachuk just doing one of his stupid reverse hits or hip checks and, you know, effing up somebody's knee or whatever. And whatever. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't scare me in the least. Uh, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to some of their players, but I just don't think they have what it takes as a team. Islanders, I mean, yeah. I mean, they have the goalie, but he'd have to get probably seven shutouts to beat the Bruins in a series. So, because um, they just can't really score that well. But anyway, I was just curious because Florida's been – we haven't talked about them this year much because after last year, um, they've really just struggled to start this year. But here they come now as, as April approaches, and they have as good a chance as anybody in that wild card to crack the playoffs and then and whatnot. So I, I found that interesting because Buffalo and Ottawa were like right there, and now they've just dropped, and Florida's still there. So um, it's starting to the, – the East playoff picture starting to crystal, uh, clear up a little bit yeah. and see kind of who's who. Yeah, Washington's
2: yeah. a few Detroit, points out now. Did, Yeah.
0: Detroit was right there for a while too. And then they sold and that, you know, really seemed to just kill any momentum they had.
2: Yeah. And the capitals were sellers too. So um, yeah, those, those teams that were right on the bubble. um, Yeah. It it, it is weird. Like the capitals still could make the playoffs. Like they still could make that last wild card spot, but they're um, Craig Smith revenge series. Yeah. They, uh, (laughs) yeah, they, they took a different approach at the trade deadline that, um, you know, they weren't gonna really make a push, I guess. But um it but all all three of those teams that you mentioned, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Panthers are all within like two points of each other, two or three points of each other. So yeah, three they're all within three points. So any of those teams could end up being your your matchup. Um if you're the Bruins, you would rather see the Islanders finish in that first wild card spot where they are right now and, and avoid them in that in that first round series like scott said and then you had to take pittsburgh or the panthers
1: well the good news is we have time to, t- to discuss those in further detail down the line I just kind of a little food for thought i just noticed that in the standings i thought i asked that but uh bridget scott is there anything else you wanted to go over before we sign off
0: Mm-mm. no one last note on
1: swayman um
2: he says no, and then he starts saying something.
1: <laughs> True, yeah. Exactly. Um, like, oh, but uh, Merrimack Mer- 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 Mer lost to BU, Brian. So suck it.
0: I <laughs> well, thought I, I was, that was gonna, I was gonna close with that as well. As as you can tell, I got the BU hat, uh-huh. BU yeah. sweatshirt. Um...
1: Hey, I'm a terrier too. I told you about that one that one certificate class it took in 2016.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brian ate, ate in the student union once.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> My brother right. went there to so account for right?
0: Um, and So on Swayman, back-to-back shutouts is the first time a goalie's done that for the Bruins in in season since Tugarask in April 2013, so 10 years ago. Um, So, you know, pretty impressive couple of games for him. And even Sunday, like wh- where it obviously turns into a blowout, you know, I did think late in the first period, early, early in the second, he had a couple really nice saves. One was Casey Middlestad point-blank on the doorstep and it's like at that point it's three nothing you you know you think the bruins are running away with it but you know maybe if the sabers get one they get some sort of momentum going into the first intermission um but that you know like that really felt like almost the end of the game like sabers finally got a good chance couldn't score and it was over from there
2: yeah i mean so i i did want to talk we always seem to gloss over the goaltending part because of they, it's podcast. just like yeah they've
0: been awesome okay next
2: like the one thing i said about him was he ate a chicken wing so like, <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was the commentary uh but no yeah we i i guess it's it's like we we don't have anything to criticize so we kind of just go by it but no Swayman played really well uh big shout out for him two in a row so um it's just the same old same old where it's like okay well there's not a goalie slump neither of them are slumping neither of them really have had an extended or even like a two game three game slump um so there's nothing to be concerned about for the Bruins in terms of goaltending right now and that's really the only takeaway
1: I mean look as far as the Bruins go whether it's in goal or elsewhere I just feel like as long as this team plays on their toes, I really can't see a scenario where somebody best them four out of seven times in a series. It's I just, if they play assertive, if they play on their toes, if they take the game to their opponent and don't whatever, like this Bruins team is too deep. They're too talented. And that extends to between the pipes too. But if they go, if they, if they enter the playoffs and they're just kind of going through the motions, like they were a few weeks over the last couple of weeks at times, well, then you're human just like everybody else. So this, and I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned that this team's going to get to the playoffs and go through the motions. So, um, yeah, I mean, the goaltending's been awesome. There's only so much you can really highlight how great a save was. I mean, it's just, they've just been, I mean, hell, we've even talked, it's been so good. We're talking about them scoring goals. They're, yep. they're joining, they're joining the, they're joining the rush too. I know people talk about Montgomery's system. The deer joining the rush, so are the goalies. No, <laughs> so it's, 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 it's just, it's all, yeah, it's, everybody's playing fantastic this year. And uh, we hope that they, that they, building that going into the playoffs and I, I'm real I, I can speak for all of us really looking forward to the playoffs this year I mean well, this the, team on paper is just so fun
2: the one thing I was concerned about was the goalie hug at the end of the game where they both almost I thought they were going to hurt themselves because it was more than just the regular hug because it was a shutout they jumped into it and they both landed and I was like if they just both knock themselves over right now how dumb would it be to have the, like the two best goalies in the league Get hurt hugging in <laughs> this time. Like, I, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't that just be like you know what they need to the do? worst possible thing?
1: You know what they need to do? They need to do after after a game, after the next win or a playoff win or something like that, or like a playoff series win. They got to just do that. They just got to put all their cards on the table and go all in and do the dirty dancing and have, <laughs> have the garden play time of your life and just have one of them lift up the other by the waist and just glide around the ice. It's and at that-, that point now.
2: And then you go, how did, how did Jeremy Swayman get hurt? Oh, uh, Olmark lifted him over his head in the dirty dancing uh, move, and he both fell down and broke. He broke his arm. Yeah, he dancing. did. the
1: but... Swayze.
0: Well, that was like hockey East this weekend. I forget if it was Friday or Saturday, but BU's goalie collided with the linesman as he was yes. going to the bench during a delayed penalty, and
2: that was Saturday.
0: Yeah, in the
2: championship game.
0: Yeah, like Razor during the Nesson intermission. Like they were laughing about it because everyone's okay, fortunately. But it's like, imagine you lose your starting goalie because he ran into the linesman trying to get (laughs) to the bench.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. The whole uh, Hockey East championship weekend was just weird as a whole. Lots of overtime. Too much overtime, Scott. I got home at 1 a.m. Friday after three separate overtimes spread out through both of the games. Um, yeah. No, is there there uh, by the end of Saturday, I was thinking to myself, I, I, you know, I always say overtime hockey is great. It's bonus hockey, but at some point to some, like there reaches a point where it gets too much hockey. And I think we were almost there um, by yeah, the end. Especially
0: because of- like those games, really all three to an extent were defensive struggles, which, yep. you know, I guess, Hey, defense wins championships, but, Especially um,
2: the two overtime game between UMass Lowell and Merrimack that yeah. was just like, I'm glad I wasn't broadcasting it because I don't know what I would have said. And Tyler Murray, who was broadcasting it for WEI, lost his voice after Friday's games and like struggled through Saturday because it was too much talking. I wouldn't want to hear myself talk that long, <laughs> but you know they got through it. I, I talked to Tom Karen uh, Saturday as well. He was, I talked to him right before the overtime um in saturday's game and he was like i'm i don't know if i can do this like i'm losing my voice it's going so um luckily that was a short overtime and like and scott got the happy outcome brian i'm sorry but merrimack is also going to the tournament yeah hey there's
1: there's there's still time to get revenge speaking of uh (laughs) Speaking of losing, losing losing your voice, Scott, how is the um how is the Southie parade, St. Patrick's Day parade? wait, wait you want one of the floats screaming? That's right, yeah, the yeah uh, yeah the well, skatepod
2: float. E skate <laughs> I. Yeah, how yeah. did your um tiger tattoo come out?
1: It looks good, guys. It looks really good. <laughs>
2: All right, he'll and...
1: show us after we sign off.
2: <laughs> I, yeah. think
1: we're, I think That's... I think we're probably good.
0: That's for the Patreon. <laughs>
2: Are you saying it's paid content? You're yeah. going to have to pay to see Scott's tattoo? Yeah. All right, well, at least he knows how to monetize what the people want to see. Yeah,
1: Scott's, <laughs> Scott's making like seven figures off his OnlyFans account, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, what's let's what's your
2: username, Scott? No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, we've gone off the rails again, officially.
1: All right. Well, Bridget, get your finger on that, on that button. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys soon.